Just play softly. <clears throat> this morning, <clears throat> your burden for your family, you're not alone. It's God's burden. It's why he went to the cross. Not just for us, but for all your family, your whole household, to be saved. As I think of this, and as I've been meditating on the word about our families, our children, our grandchildren, our loved ones. Did you, do you know that God never intended your family to be separated from you, even in eternity? The saddest thing is not to have your sons and daughters in heaven with you. Now you say, well, is there going to be sadness in heaven? No, there's not going to be any sadness in heaven. But just the mere fact that on this side of eternity, that needs to be our first priority, is your children and your children's children and those of your household, your family, extended cousins, nieces, nephews, all these precious souls, no matter what they've done, no matter where they live, no matter what lifestyle they're involved in, God has made a way for them. There's ten promises. Ten promises. And this is what the Holy Spirit has told me to do has told me to help you. When we go to the passage in your Bible, if you're not using an electronic Bible, if you have a, a hard copy like this, every promise that we talk about, God has instructed me to tell you to write the name of your children right next to that promise. Write the name of your grandchildren right next to that promise. So that way, when you go back home and you go through those promises, those names are etched right there that you and God will never forget. This is for them. This is for him. This is for her. And do you know what? I'm hearing reports that people are reaching their family and that loved ones are being saved. And they're coming to God. They're coming to church. I mean, we should just have a party for that. We should just celebrate for that. We should be giving God the glory just for that. Oh, it, it, it's a wonderful day. 
It's a wonderful day to be a Christian and to be alive for God. Seeing your loved ones coming and walking and saying yes. Being drawn not by your words, but by the love of God. The love of the Lord. Forget preaching to them. Forget hounding them. Pray for them. I said pray for them. And go to the Scripture that that gives you the promise for them. Now, let me give you some more of these wonderful Scriptures. The first one we saw was in Psalm 72, verse 4. It is God's will to save your children. It says, may He defend the afflicted among the people and save the children of the needy. And may He crush the oppressor. You say, well, who is the needy? Anyone who needs their children, their grandchildren saved. Second promise we talked about. Is it God's will that your children know His glory? It is God's will that your children will know His glory. Psalm 90, verse 16. Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. And then this is where we begin today. Turn with me to Psalm 102, verse 28. The third promise, your descendants will be established before the Lord. Your descendants will be established before the Lord. The children of your servants will live in your presence, says the Lord. And their descendants will be established before you. See, this is a good place to write their name. Grandchildren, children. Those that are, that are uh, uh, even, even God-children. Now, these scriptures are for the children, for your family. And again, this passage mentions not only the children, but it mentions your grandchildren. First, it says the children of your servants will continue to live in your presence. Secondly, and their descendants. That means the, your children's children. So if you're a grandparent or, grand, or a great-grandparent, you love those children. And when they're small, they're so adorable and lovable. And to be honest, they're also enjoyable in your life. They're a joy to have around. But the most important thing that you can do for them is to pray for them. Pray for their salvation. Better than clothes and trips or giving them money. It's our responsibility to pray for their salvation. See, we learned earlier in this series that just like Paul and Silas, the, the book of Acts, when they were in the prison house, they had been arrested for preaching the gospel. And they were in prison because of that. That didn't discourage them. They began to sing songs to the Lord and begin to praise the Lord and worship God at midnight. And the Bible says a violent earthquake happened. And it opened all the gates of the prison and dropped all the chains off the, off the prisoners. And the Bible says the jailer was asleep with a key. But when he woke up and he saw the condition, he saw that the prison gates were open. He saw that the chains had been broken off the people. He was ready to pull his sword and commit suicide. 
until Paul spoke up and said, don't do that. And the point was, was that even as Christians, we can be asleep with the key that unlocks those loved ones, our loved ones. So you have the key. You know Christ. I know Jesus. We know him personally. We know what he does and how he does it. But we could be asleep, not praying. I'm not, the Bible's not saying worry about them. He's not saying, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, just uh, 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 pull your hair out. No. He's saying specifically pray and, 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 and ask God that could only move the heart. See, you can't move the heart. I can't move the heart. Only God can move the, upon the heart of that, that loved one of yours. And so while they're little, pray that when they're old enough, they understand and are able to comprehend it's time to serve the Lord. When they get older, pray for your loved ones with the help of the Holy Spirit that their spiritually blind eyes will open up. See, that's what's happening right now. To some of your older children, some of your grown children, their, their eyes have been blinded by this world and by the devil and by everything else. And you need the help of the Holy Spirit. It is only the Holy Spirit that can move upon the heart of people. You could even pray and say, Lord, put them in a situation where they have to cry out to you. Back them up in a corner, Lord, where they, 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 all they can do is look up like the prodigal son. What do you think the father was doing on the porch? Was he pulling his hair? Was he just rocking asleep with a key in his pocket to unlock his son's return? I believe without a shadow of a doubt that he was praying for that son. Lord, make him miserable out there. I can't do that, but you can do it. Back him up into a corner. And look how God, how good God was. Ask me, how good was God? It didn't take long. That's the key. He was praying. He was waiting. He's waiting on God. And according to the story, it didn't take long. It only took about ten verses. Only about ten verses before all his money ran out. He was looking for something to eat with the pigs. And it came to him. Somebody lift your hand and say, thank you, Lord. Ten verses. Let their spiritually blind eyes be open. And remember, don't just read these promises and forget them. Pray over them. Pray over for your children and your grandchildren. Promise number four. The Lord will give increase to you and your children. Psalm 115. Oh, I love these scriptures. Psalm 115, verse 13 and 14. 
write their name right next to that. If you don't have a, a hard copy Bible right now, don't forget to go home and write their name right next to it. Remember how you used to do it in high school? You used to write your boyfriend's name right there? Your girlfriend's name all over? Or she would write your last name with her first name? Right? Huh? Write their name right there. Put it down permanent. Let the devil know. Devil, you can't have my kids. They're off limits to you. They don't belong in hell. They belong in heaven. They belong in heaven with us walking the streets of gold. Praising the Lord. Singing songs to the Lord. Living a beautiful, peaceful, perfect life with God. Where there's no more death, no more sorrow, no more tears, no more suffering. No more, no, no more of that. No more drama. The Lord will increase to you and your children. Listen to what he says. He will bless those who fear the Lord, small and great alike. May the Lord cause you to flourish, both you and your children. Oh, that's a good time to praise his name. I want to prosper. I want to be blessed in God. He's not just a God that saves me from the fire of hell, but he's a God that takes me he takes me like my daughter my youngest daughter took my grandkids to toys r us and just spoiled them with toys wow take me next time i love to go to toys r us but he says may the lord cause you to flourish both you and your children how's he going to do that he promises, first of all, to increase you, number one, in the knowledge of Him. In the knowledge of Him. Why is that important? Look at with me in Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom, or the strong boast of their strength, or the rich boast of their riches. But let the one who boasts, boast about this that they have the understanding to know me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. To increase the knowledge of Him. You know that a lot of people have uh, the wrong knowledge of God? They don't really know who and what and how God is. They hear it from the media. They hear it from the world. And God says, I want to increase the knowledge. I want to flourish you in the knowledge of who I am. For you and to you. For you, I'm your protector. I'm your counselor. I'm your everything that you need. That's why the Bible says, He is the I am that I am. In other words, when you put I am, that he is the I am, and then blank. If you need a healing, he's your doctor. I am your doctor. If you need an increase in finances, he, I am your banker. And it's not just for you alone. It's for you to teach your children 
who He is. And as you teach them who He is, they will experience for themselves who He is. Oh, I can go to God for everything. I can go to God for anything. I can go to God. I don't have to wait for my dad to take me to God or my mom to take me to God. I can go to God because He's a good God. He's a kind God. He's a patient God. He's a loving God. He is a God that picks me up when I fall. Secondly, we want to, he says, secondly, He wants to increase His presence in your life. Turn to Exodus 33. Exodus 33, verse 14 through 16. Oh, these are wonderful scriptures, I'm telling you this morning. See, the more scripture you get in you, the better you're able to go against the devil. If you don't know what the Bible says, you don't know what God says, you're vulnerable. You're vulnerable to, to attacks. You're vulnerable to lies. You're vulnerable to deceits. He can quickly run a fast one over you. See? But no, because I have the Word, and the Word says this, and Lord, the, the, Lord you, you keep your Word. It will not come back void. It will not come back. The word void means empty, but it will accomplish what it sets out to do. See, that's why we want to be a church that is well-equipped and well-prepared and, 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 and thoroughly prepared with the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, that when we come against the, the, the devices of the devil, the strategies of Satan, and when the, we, 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 we see it, we don't have to run away. We can run to the Word. And, and, and you don't even have to open this Bible. The Word is in you. It's engrafted within you, deep down in you, and says, Jeremiah says, I want to increase in the knowledge of Him. And this is what the Lord says. Let, excuse me, I'm sorry. Let's go on. Exodus. The Lord replied, My presence will go with you. This is Moses. Remember, secondly, He wants to increase His presence in your life. And in the life of your children and grandchildren. Are you getting anything out of this? Are you getting anything out of this? Huh? Are you learning anything out of this? See, especially, again, you young people that don't have families and you're not married and you're still young. You say, oh, I'm, I'm not getting married for a long time. Well, you need to know this right now. So that way you have this knowledge. And knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. People who know things. Right? Don't we like, when we go to work, we want to know, you know, people who know what's going on and what's, you know, how to take care of the business and what to do and what's next and, right? But you will be the one to know God. Know the knowledge of the Lord. And Moses and the Lord are talking. And the Lord replied to Moses, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Verse 15. Then Moses said to him, 
If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. Wow, what a statement. How would anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me from your people, from all the people of the face of the earth? You see, Moses was convinced that without God's presence in his life, it was useless for him to attempt anything. Anything. That needs to be our prayer. Lord, increase your presence in our life. We will not go anywhere, do anything, unless you have instructed us and you go with us. See, we're not saying, Lord, this is my plan. Now come with us. Uh Uh-uh. Moses said, it is you sending us. We will not go up from here unless you send us. See the difference? See the difference there? We're just going along our merry way, but God may not be with you. And Moses was very cautious of that. He didn't want to go anywhere or do anything without the presence of the Lord. Strengthening him, guiding him, assisting him. Are, are, you, are, you, are you receiving this this morning? Lift up your hand and say, I receive that right now. I need God to go. I need to God to show me where to go, what to do. When it comes to my children and my children's children and my family and everything with my life. Some of you aren't raising your hand. Some of you just, that's all right. That's all right. There's ten verses for you to come back to God. Moses was convinced that without God's presence, it was useless for him to attempt anything. Moses knew it was God's presence in Israel that set the people apart from all the other nations. See, look what he's doing now. Not only is saying me, but then he says my church. Israel was represented as the church. And Moses knew that the church needed the presence of the Lord to go with us. See, that was the one thing when when we left Santa Ana, when we left that other city. said, Lord, I'm not leaving unless you are sending us. I'm not leaving this unless you send us and unless you go with us. See? And as parents, you must pray that for over your children. Go with us, Lord. Be with my children. And they may not live with you any longer, but you pray that as they as they come in contact with you, that 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 that, that, that they're always in the presence of the Lord. No matter where they go in life. See, you can't be with them everywhere they go, but God can be with them everywhere they go in life. The only thing that set us apart from the world is God being with us, Moses said. Not only being with us, leading us, guiding us, and working His will in and through us. Listen, Moses did not care how other nations received their guidance, or how they formed their strategies, or how they ran their government, or how they directed their armies. 
But Moses said, we operate on one principle alone. And the only way for us to be guided or governed or to make war and survive in this wasteland of a world is to have the presence of the Lord with us. God with us. When the Lord's presence is in our midst, no one can harm us. But without him, we're helpless, vulnerable and reduced to nothing. You hear that? Without him. In fact, his word says, I can do nothing apart from you. But with you. Oh, somebody repeat that. But with you, what? All things are possible. For those that believe. Thirdly. Third promise or excuse me. Third, he is going to increase his power on you first, then on your children. Turn to Second Peter, chapter one. Peter writes, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him. And the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us a great precious promise. Promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous portion of moral excellence and with moral excellence, with knowledge, and with knowledge, self-control, and with self-control, patience, endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of your Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to depend in this way are short-sighted or blind, Forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. Thirdly, he says, I'm going to increase power upon you and upon your children. He says, I am going to help you to increase in faith and self-control, moral excellence, godliness. All the things that make for a believer. Everything. That will make me become stronger in his power. Because that's what we need. We need his power. I'm powerless. The minute a problem comes, I want to throw myself on my bed. I want to cry a river. But God says, cry a river, build a bridge and get over it. Give it to me. I'm going to increase you with the power to be an overcomer, more than a conqueror. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in that world who's trying to torment me and trying to take my children and trying to de destroy my family. Somebody rejoice. He will not destroy my family. He can try all he wants. 
He might win a battle here and there, but he's not going to win the war. I declare war in the heavenlies for my children. God's promise that he would increase his power, that he would increase his presence, that he would increase his knowledge to, about him to my children and to myself. My grandchildren will know more about God and how he is and his marvelous miracle working power and, and, and how he can perform signs and wonders even in this day, not just from the Bible. We serve a supernatural God that can bring the hardest sinner to his knees or her knees crying. Not mama, but Jesus. The very words that they used to cuss out and profaned his name. They're now saying, Lord, <laughs> I'm in the pig pen. And it's verse 10. I got to go home. Lift your hands right now. Say, Jesus, bring them home right now. Bring them to your kingdom right now. Bring them back to safety right now. Bring them, Lord. Bring them, Lord. Lift your hands and say, if they're little, world, you can't have them. Devil, you can't have them. They won't have to get a tattoo. If they don't want one. They don't have to taste the world. Now give them... A hand of praise. These promises say that they will and they will know His abundance. You want to know the last one today? The fifth one? Alright, and then we close. I'll have to pick this up again, the last five. Promise number five. Your children will have authority over the enemy. Oh, I love this one. Yes. Psalm 127. We may not finish all of it, but I'm going to start it. Psalm 127, verses 3 and 5. Listen to what the writer says. Children are a gift from the Lord. Oh, <laughs> it doesn't say they are an accident. That happened one night. They are a gift from the Lord. You know, some people call their children, oh, you're my accident. There's even a song, oh, they're my love child. But God says, every child, tell your neighbor, every child is a gift from God. Tell your other neighbor, I was a gift from God. (laughs) 
You say, why am I here? You're a gift from God to this world. You're unique. You're one of a kind. No one's like you. No one thinks the way you think. No one laughs at the things you laugh at. You're totally unique. You go on Facebook, there are so many unique people. You go on Instagram, even more unique. Look at their names that they use. Dumb Bunny 38. I'm unique. Because God says in His Word, children are a gift from the Lord. Do you know what's interesting about this? This was written from a daddy to a son. Oh. Daddies, listen, daddies. You want to pass on something good? You want to build self-esteem in your children? Tell them, mijo, mija, that's Hebrew for honey, darling, Boo. Boo boo. It was from a daddy to his son. And he says, Papa God says, You're a gift to me. You know who it was? It was David, King David. To his son Solomon. Solomon. You are a gift to me. From God. Do you look at your children like that, Mama? Daddy? No matter how... Hard life beats down on them. You are still a gift to me. You want to build self-esteem in your son and your daughter, daddy? You tell them, you're my little gift. And I know they're old and, oh, come on, dad. Come on, dad, leave me alone, dad. I don't go for that mushy stuff. But one day they'll grow up old enough to say, I want that mushy stuff for my daddy. I wish my daddy was still here to wrap his arms around me and tell me, Son, you're my gift from God. Daughter, you're my gift. Your grandchildren, you bring them all around you. Your Papa's gifts. Stand and sing that song, Marty. Oh, the glory. I don't know about you, but I just want to hug my kids right now. I just want to reach out. I want to hug my grandkids right now and kiss them. Lift your hands with me to God. Oh, 
you love us so much, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on, stand for your children. Stand for your grandchildren. Say, Papa, you're my gift, my son, my daughter. Thank you.